Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Scabbing's Doses. Help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy. It's so funky. <laughs> well, small doses, peoples. Uh, as we continue on with just uh, an influx of dope conversations and guests, we continue on this week with Miss. Tanya Roman, uh, <laughs> in the discussion that I have, I have had like in my own personal circles and I even wrote mm-hmm. a whole one woman show related to this, but we have never, I've never had a podcast episode about reality TV. Wow. And I don't know how because I have such strong opinions. You do. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I'm sure you're thrilled today. No, I am because (laughs) I love when I get to have folks on that, one, have actually been in the room, right? Like, are not just another person on the outside because I'm an outsider in that space. So, you know, it's like I can have my opinions from the outside, but you're Mm -hmm. talking to somebody who's actually been in that space that's going to be, in my opinion, more valid in a lot of ways. And then, two, I just feel like you were at the beginning the you know because real world was really the that was beginning. The, yeah that was the start of this fiasco of television that has <laughs> that has taken off true story <laughs> like i like there's certain things with real world like i can't i'll never forget true story i'll never forget um kevin are you a drug dealer uh, and now that I know uh, Kevin, I understand. Like I'm like I'm not surprised why he took that so offensively. Offensively, um, yes. He kind of takes everything offensively. But anyways, uh, <laughs> that episode was the beginning, right? And then yeah, you were in yeah. the LA season, and then you were a part of the reiteration of reality TV. Uh, yes. Was it Basketball Wives? Basketball Wives. <laughs> the first lips, y'all. The first lips. Yes. <laughs> and Basketball Wives was Shawnee, right? Yes, that's, that's Shawnee O'Neal. But Love and Hip Hop mm-hmm. was, uh, and when we're talking about Sha- Shawnee O'Neal produced it, created and produced it, and then Love and Hip Hop was Mona Scott. Mona Scott Young. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I Which pulled, I was not on, by the way. <laughs> we were not. I pulled Mona aside one time. Well, she, I didn't pull her aside, but we were like, in a space at one time together. And she had asked me like, what do I think about the shows? And I'm like, why are you asking? Like, why are you asking me this? Yeah. That's not a question that I would ask you. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like we're in a public setting. Like, why are you I'm doing right, this? Exactly. This is not necessary. Like let's just drink our wine and, and talk about something and, that has nothing exactly. to do with that. But she really pressed it. She really pressed it. Mm. And I was like, I think that you're a villain. You told her that? I wouldn't be me if I'm not going to say it to the person. If I'm going to say it on the podcast or whatever, like if I have the opportunity to say it to the person and I don't say it, I feel like I'm a fake. Now, why do you think she's a villain, though? At that particular time, um, Basketball Wives had not come out yet. 
um, it was still like the... Because even though Real World and Big Brother and these shows, like, they had a certain level of toxicity just by nature of, like, wanting to put everyone in one place to create conflict, I didn't feel like those were pervasive in the same way that shows like Love and Hip Hop were Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, one, making it specifically black women, Mm -hmm. and two, really, like, wanting to see violence, like, not just conflict. I don't think they set out to they see didn't violence, stop it, though. though. Well, yeah, yeah. And whenever yeah, it would start, there was no like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was right. when when Chrissy leapt over yeah. the coffee table. <laughs> at, at, I think it was at Joelle's baby mom's. Um, that's when I was at like, Kimbella. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, Kim, yes, and that's what people are always like. You look like Kimbella. Um, I'm like, we just light skin. Um, yeah. And when I, I have blonde hair, they were really Yeah, I can see it. I can see When I have it. blonde yeah. hair, folks, yeah. it was really about that life. But I just feel like there was a reckless abandon about how okay. Black women were being displayed. And I know from producers that there were efforts being made to create, to, like, sow the seeds of discord for the purpose of television. Particularly on that show. I don't know if it was the same on Real on Basketball Wives. Yeah, I think it kind of transitioned into that. I don't think that love and hip hop actually started. Right, because Yandy wasn't about that. Yeah, they weren't about that. You know what I mean? So I think it really was about, I mean, if people remember that first season, it almost looked like lavish music videos Mm -hmm. where, you know, you got these beautiful vignettes and it was shot so wonderfully. And then by second season, because I think once you get people in situations and they see, oh, they don't like each other. Uh, this may be something. This could be a great dramatic moment. So by second season, I think that's where, you know, the turn started shifting. And then on basketball wise, it was just a fluke, you know, that someone said something to me that was very disrespectful. And I don't got the good sense that God gave me sometimes. And I lashed out. And so I think once they saw that moment, they felt like that's what's needed. Was that at a restaurant? I'm trying yes. to remember. Y'all were sitting like in a, a reception area or? We were sitting like at the, on the patio. Yes. Okay. Yes. I remember. Of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, particularly as a talent on television, I want to be protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I just felt like these were women who were a lot of times, not in your case, I believe, but a lot of times there were women that were being brought into these scenarios that mm-hmm. needed the money, right? Or wanted right. the fame or, you know what I mean? Right. And so it was right. kind of like, a, I'll do whatever to get right. whatever. To get and it. that was yeah. being exploited. And I felt like that was being exploited. And that's why I said, I felt like you're a villain because you have a choice of what choice you give people. When you're an, inf- okay. when you're in an influential but if, but position. But if a person does come with that mindset. And you exploit it for your own gain. I believe that you are a part of the problem. Okay. That's just my thoughts. Because you have a choice in that situation where you are the influential party. So mm-hmm. if you're if if someone comes to you like, hey, I have a hammer, I want to hit myself with it, and you're like, you should. <laughs> <laughs> You and know? sometimes you be wanting to say, you should. You know? I mean, I just know that I've been in scenarios where people have been in my presence and expressed a desire to do something that 
I, based on my experience or my maturity or my knowledge, know to be like mm-hmm. not a good decision. And right. it, it's, I feel complicit if I don't in that moment say, you know, here's where I feel on this, you know, and sometimes it's not right. solicited. Sometimes it's not solicited. And I still feel like there's been times where I'm like, you know what? God told me to say this to you. I got to say it to you. I can't because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, can't just mm-hmm, watch you go mm-hmm. down this road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you told her and you said it directly to her face. I will say, though, that I, I really. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say because she really feels that the people come with their stories and she just puts a camera on their lives. If it's already a train wreck, all she's there to do is document it. And she firmly believes that. Now, I will say that there are those people that come on just for the 15, just for the, like you said, I'm going to pop off and then I'm going to be the number one person on the show. And I think they need to have a little more discernment before they give those people, those type of people a platform, you know, which is the, which is the complete difference than when I did real world, you know, like it wasn't that type of show. It was, it was not... You know, reality TV didn't start off the way we see stuff now. How did and it start? So, like when, like when you, because that was the second season. So like, that was the second season. What made you say, I want to go part, be a part of this? Well, you know, the difference between first and second season was they signed up to do a documentary. That was what the format was. They did not know it was going to continue and be seasons and now ultimately 30 seasons of real world. They weren't expecting that. So it was really a documentary, putting some, you know, trying to see social experiment type energy. And then when it did so well, of course, networks are like, well, we should do it again somewhere else. And so that's how it was born. But it started off as a soap opera. Like, you know, Buneman Murray wanted to do a soap opera for MTV and the budgets weren't that back then, right? Because it wasn't a world that even MTV was in. Right. So they said, well, how about if we just use real people and see what the stories are? And that's how that documentary style season one was born. Well, yeah. shout out to Buena Murray. I have a uh, production deal at Buena Murray. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And they really <laughs> are like the yes, the cornerstone of reality television of and reality like TV. Producing mm-hmm. it, like people go to them, like do our yes. reality show because they know yes. how to yes. do yes. it. Yes, they know how to do it well. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you went through some. Th- you went through some real things on that show. Uh, speaking of, because we were talking about the law that happened that just was passed in Texas. I remember Mm -hmm. on that show, Mm -hmm. you had shared that you went and had an abortion. And that was a big deal deal that someone was sharing that, Mm -hmm. particularly a black Mm -hmm. woman was sharing that on like a very visible platform. Um, And then, so what made you, well, you know, this was before social media also. Right. (laughs) But I did get a lot of mail. (laughs) Really? Like physical letters? Yes. Yes. Would you say the mail was more in support? Yes, it was. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really suffer, like, if people felt like, oh, she's going to get backlash or, or thought that I did. I did not. I actually got people who were very appreciative that I did show the journey. And that was really 
what it was about for me at the time, because, you know, uh, Mary Ellis Bunham did not want to cover it. She was like, I just think this is too much. It's too graphic for TV. You know, people aren't really discussing this in public, you know, and I was like, this is I, what, 95? 93. 93. This is 93. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really want you guys to cover this. You guys asked me to give you my real life and this is what's happening. And I work at an HIV healthcare center and Mm. I'm not being responsible when I'm trying to educate people on responsibility. And so, you know, I talked them into it and, and they, and they decided to cover it. And so I think people got what I was trying to put down, basically, you know what I mean? Which was, you know, sexual promiscuity and you could be in this position. Yeah. And you might want to make this decision. Mm -hmm. And this is what that looks like. Well, thank you. Um, Because as a young person watching that, I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, good. Because in 93, I was was in eighth grade and I was flat chested. So no one was checking for me, but I was like, okay, okay. I understand. Gonna gonna be more responsible. Don't want to do that. (laughs) So what made you later on in life? Because you were young, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you were in in a different space. But what made you later on in life say, you know what? I want to come back into the reality TV space, especially when it had now changed into a more flashy, um, less docu-style type of format. Right. Right. Well, quite honestly, girl, I needed some money. You know how the the entertainment industry (laughs) is. And so they put they put me in a trick bag, Amanda, and Queen Latifah was producing a show with VH1 and BET. Oh, the show's getting picked up. We got our picked up let, you know, our let, you know, the letters that yes. you get saying you picked up. And I picked up my entire family and moved from Calabasas to Paramus, New Jersey, which was where the show was going to be. And so we're there. Was this a reality show or was it going to be a scripted show? No, this was a scripted show called Wifey at the time. And it was like the first hybrid that, you know, the networks were going to, you know, uh, co-mingle basically Mm -hmm. on this project. And so I'm chilling in Jersey waiting like, well, when we start in work, child, put my kids in school waiting. So a year goes by. Now, meanwhile, I'm living off sa- savings. My show for CBS, they killed me off of that. Uh, you know, so I'm just like, well, what is happening? So like thir- 13, 14 months in, BET and VH1 could not reach a deal. So they decided they were not going to do the show. But we were already in Jersey. So I'm like, what? Can I curse? Hell fuck yes. The fuck am I going to do? <laughs> and so I'm there and I said, oh my God, I got to figure out how to get some cash to get us all back. So I started working for Morgan Stanley <laughs> as an executive assistant. So, now, you know, let me just nice take a pause for people. Job. This is real. Like when you're in this business, you gotta yeah. like just do jobs sometimes. Yes, like, <laughs> yes. You I do. mean, that's just the facts. <laughs> like I was at a point one time where, I, well, and this ties in. In 2012, I had no money, and I was trying to right. get an agent, and I had an agent tell me straight up. I had two different agents tell me, you know, um, 
No one wants what you have right now. No, what you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm, unless mm-hmm. you're, I had an agent tell me, unless you're going to be crazy or sexy or both, we don't have anything We're not interested. for you. And I had another agent, I've said this on the show before, I had another agent say to me, um, you know, I mean, if you had like a twin sister and you owned a cupcake shop, maybe I could do something with you because then there'd be a story. But if I'm looking at your stuff here, I mean, you're just like a smart, funny black girl who knows about hip hop. What am I supposed to do with that? Oh, wow. <laughs> But that was the reality era. And what I ended up doing was writing a one-woman show called Death of the Diva about how reality TV had changed, like, the image of women in television. But I appreciate you being honest. Like, yo, I had to get me an executive assistant job. Like, Yeah, I was I, <laughs> I was, was about there. to get a job as a teacher. I was applying for jobs to be, a, like, a teacher's assistant. Oh, wow. See, I, I wouldn't have done that one because I'd have been in <laughs> somebody's child out. But I figured I could go up in corporate America. <laughs> and uh, so I worked there. And I was on the train one day and this lady was like, oh my God, aren't you Tammy from the real world? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, you know, just trying to mind my business. You know, on a train, you ain't supposed to be talking on a train. You know, mind your damn business. And um, she was like, well, what are you doing on the train? And I said, I've had that on the bus. Yeah. Ma'am, I've been on the bus and I was on the bus. They had videos (laughs) on the bus and a commercial I was on came on while I was sitting on the goddamn bus. Oh my God. (laughs) It makes you feel like, well, shit, what well, am I doing? <laughs> you know, like, oh, damn, you know? And so um, I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what, this I'm not supposed to be doing this. And when I went home, there was like a, um, like a marathon of basketball wives. And so I was like, well, I've been a basketball wife. Let me see if I can get up on that. Not knowing like how much money or anything is just, I need to get back on TV. I need to get my face back on TV. And so I called VH1 and they put me in contact with the production company. And that's how I ended up on Basketball Wise. Have you ever I told this story before? Any... I've never heard this story before. No, I, you asked me, so I'm giving you, <laughs> you know, most people this. don't ask. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, myself. I think people genuinely feel like, I know I do. Like, you just think that somebody, like, gets a call. Like, you just get a call. Like, I... No, I call... I I definitely called them. They were not looking for me. And you weren't me. married to a basketball player at the time. No, we had already gotten divorced. Okay. But because yeah. you had been married, you... Correct. She was like, well, you, you've been in this life. Right. Right. Because I didn't know any of the ladies on the show. And I know people think that we knew each other because that's the way they presented. Yes. But, you know, like Shawnee and I lived in the same neighborhood, but never crossed paths. Like I knew Shaq, but I didn't know her. You know what I mean? Mm. And so they they made it, you know, for story that, you know, we knew each other, but we did not. And now so think, that was. Now you see, you just said something there that I think a lot of people don't really fucking realize. Reality right. TV is not. All the way real. (laughs) It is not like there's so many moments that people hold on to. And I see them in the comments of like, oh, she did this or they did that. And I'm like, if you knew the truth about these moments, they're not real. And let me just say this real quick. There's a moment where myself and one of the other young ladies on the show get into like a little you know, kerfuffle type situation where I come to her with some legal papers and she tears them up and everybody's like, oh, she wouldn't be, she's never scared of Tammy because she tore up her legal documents. 
Guys, we planned to do that. There was nothing on the paper. Like some, there was nothing on the paper. I wasn't suing her. We had the discussion. After that scene was over, you know, we were (laughs) going to go have drinks. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, y'all don't even understand the stuff be so... Put are y'all together listening? Sometimes. Are y'all listening? Are y'all listening? Yeah, yeah. Because if any person thinks that I'm going to really try to sue someone and stand in their face and I let them tear my papers up and I don't lay hands and end up with another lawsuit, then y'all are crazy. <laughs> At the time, the person that... And I was, I definitely would have been like, oh no, this is not how it's going down. So I was surprised that people actually fell for it, but they, they did. And they still comment on that to this day. I mean, people have taken reality TV beyond the boundaries of reality TV into like scripted, like people think insecure is like real and they want what is happening on the show to be the real life of the real lives of you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. It's bizarre to me, I think, because maybe I mean, I grew up in television Like, I literally have been on TV since I was eight. So I don't know if maybe Mm -hmm. just because of my proximity to, like, what the real of television is. Like, I never mm -hmm. had, like, fantasy around it in that way. But it scares me to see how folks, like you just said, like, take so much stock. They put so much stock. They really do. They really do. And it's 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 really heavy in reality TV because we're supposed to be like real people just like you. You know, you sitting at home, you got a girlfriend like me or a girlfriend like her. You know what I mean? So they really identify with it. But you see, that's where, to me, that's where the villainy comes in because I feel like you're fucking with people's minds. Like, well, that's you what- know, to that, Amanda, I say y'all have got to understand that reality TV is mindless entertainment. You should not be looking at reality TV trying to learn a fucking thing. People like, are. that is not, that is not what it's set. Most of the shows, that's not what it's set up for. But people watch it. Uh, people who... I think a lot of people watch it for mindless entertainment, but then there's a lot of people who that's their only method of entertainment. And and so the media of it, they receive, you know, they're still receiving messaging from it. There's still messaging that's coming out of it. There's There's definitely still messaging, but I'm saying you cannot look to the women that are on reality TV and try to put the weight of all black women or the black no. culture or what you're going, what's going on in your life or with your friend group, but they holding do. them accountable and responsible. But they yeah. do. Be, and I think they do largely in part because it's presented, or at least for a long time, it was presented as like, these are real women. And, right. they, and, and you, and you're you relating, want to be like them. <laughs> you're relating to them, you know? And yeah. I yeah. just think that for me, and I'm such a literal person. I just can only speak from my own point of view. Like, I'm such a literal person that, like, I know that if I didn't know any better, I'd be looking at it like, well, yes, they're real people. I mean, obviously. I mean, they said they're right. real. <laughs> you right, know? right, 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 And then right, it started right, to right. transfer to, like, even just the news. Like, I remember when Mark Lamont Hill was telling me that Ann Coulter, who was this white woman that's just, mm-hmm. like, an extreme right-wing, you know, supporter, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, you know, that she was just like, oh, yeah, I don't believe any of this shit. You know, you're just like, so now anybody can just be anything, you know, like I, I got anything. Mm-hmm. I got people on, you know, not I got, we got people on, on the internets that are just like, yeah, I'm a doctor. 
Exactly. <laughs> like, I bought this stethoscope and now I'm a doctor. And now I'm a doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really appreciate you like telling people this moment <laughs> was contrived. But you said something. You were like, if I, if, you know, if that had really happened, me being the person I was, I would have responded differently. So what was the person that you were at that time that you feel is different than who you are at this moment? I was dealing with a lot of demons, you know, in terms of just being broken, you know, coming from so many situations where I just felt like life had given me a fucked up hand, to be quite honest. And particularly with relationships, like my marriage to my ex was very, very tumultuous. It ended that way. And it it weighed on me like... Um, it almost broke me, like to be quite honest, because I genuinely loved that man. And I never thought that we would ever not be together. I never thought that he wouldn't be involved in my two daughters' lives. Like that was not the plan I had for myself. So I I held a lot of, I harbored a lot of anger and angst, you know, it, it, in my heart for him. And because of that, if you, anything that felt like a trauma trigger, what I was going to do was react the way I felt I should have reacted in the relationship. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> have you gone to therapy? Because that's a very therapy uh, analysis right there. No, I don't do well with therapists. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. Black women therapists? I've tried. And, and I just feel like. You know, I come from the school of like, talk to Jesus and, you know, pray your way through it, you know, and now on the show, they've tried to paint a picture that, oh, she's went to therapy. But I mean, we never continued anything past the show, past what they shot. You know what I mean? I just, I just figured out a way. Yeah, but what is it that doesn't work (laughs) with therapists? I'm just curious because everything isn't for everybody, but I'm curious because I know there's people listening that are probably like, yeah, I don't do well with therapy, but I'm just curious for you what it was. I have just I think it's part of my upbringing where you know I was raised in a household where it's like we keep our business to ourselves and we just try to work through it and figure it out as best we can. Now that in and of itself is a programming that needs to be deprogrammed. Mm-hmm. I'm very cognizant of that. Okay, cognizance. But you know um here again, I just haven't found anybody that's made me feel comfortable enough to be able to just share Where are you a based? lot of my personal business in Houston. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to yeah. work on that. Okay. It's a game changer. <laughs> no, because it's a game changer. I mean, I've had a number of different therapists who I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you find... <laughs> See, I just, right. clearly, one. I just haven't found the one. I've found you know. two. I've been very fortunate to have found two in my life where they, they're, you know what it is? It's that they, what makes them unique is that they don't feel like they need to solve things for you. They also aren't talking. There's no judgment. Like it's literally, judgment. yeah, there's yeah. none of that. Yeah. It's literally, they're just a vessel that's allowing you to find the ways for yourself to figure it out in ways that you wouldn't lead your, in paths that you wouldn't lead yourself down. You wouldn't lead yourself. And for me, that's not asking me why. And that, and why is a very like, it's one of those words where it's like, I don't like 
that you asked me why, because I feel like, well, what's behind your why? Like, you can't understand why I felt this way that you're asking. You know, it's just a whole thing. Ooh, Sandy, that's your <laughs> shit, though. That's your shit. That ain't hun. That's your shit. Why is a trigger word for Tammy Rose? It is. It is. But you got that because I feel like age. you're judging me when you ask me, well, why did but you? But that's all? your work, love, because that's not a judgment question. The why. It's for you to ask yourself, well, why did I feel that way? Well, because- then you got to have a certain type of tone when you ask it then. When you use okay. why, then have a certain type of tone. Because if I if I feel in any way that it's coming off or it sounds to me like you're judging what I just told you, mm-hmm. then it's not, it's not going to work. Well, you see that shirt you're wearing? That's a save yourself shirt that she's wearing, y'all. That's an election yes. league save but yourself I, shirt. Yes, it is. But I feel like I saved myself. I feel I like I've done the work on myself and maybe I could, you know, we benefit from forever. actually. Like it never stops. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I feel like I've done the work and I'm in a much better place. Okay. So my man just walked in here and asked where the dog is. And that concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's Jordy? Why don't, why don't you know where the dog is? The dog is. I'm in here doing a podcast with Tammy Rose. We talking about life and, and growth and you asking me about where the dog is. And you've been out there for at least 30 minutes with the dog. <laughs> with the dog. So, figure it out. Um, Which you guys are so cute, by the way. Thank you. So cute. Love it so much. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Like, no, I really freaking do. Like, for real, for real. <laughs> like, like, you know, the congratulations on the house and just all, all the blessings. Like, seriously. I think, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I think Instagram has become a version of reality TV for me that I never like signed up for, but just kind of fell into. Like, I feel like I have my own reality show. <laughs> And I watch it. I'm I'm an avid viewer, so there's that. <laughs> well, I just All turned off Amanda. my comments today. I just turned off my comments. Uh, you would be able to comment because I have it set to only people I follow. But I had to turn yeah. off my comments because I just, I can't... I, the vitriol, the, the acidity, the anger that people come at me with when they disagree Was this about me. the vaccinations? Yes. Was it I that mean, one? But, even, okay. but that was... That was compiled on to, like, there was, like, a few weeks ago where people were, like, just livid that I suggested that a dark-skinned person should have played Venus and Serena's dad. Mmm, <laughs> I agree with you. And people were like, how dare you? Will Smith is an amazing actor. I was like, I don't... Did I say anything about his acting skills? And I was like, right. why? I was like, oh, why are they doing a movie about Richard Williams? I want to see a movie about Venus and Serena. And people were like, Serena. Amanda Seals hates black men. She doesn't believe that Richard Williams should have his own film. She doesn't want black men to tell their stories. Oh, no. Listen, no. this went on for two weeks. They Mm-mm. were literal, like, talking points on, like, panel shows. <laughs> About this. But you, but you know what I think it is, Amanda. I think that you're just one of those people that's so real, and everybody can't handle that. And so I think that people set out 
to not agree with you, to not <laughs> like what you have to say. Like, no matter what comes out of your mouth, I think there's those group of people that are like, I'm just going to say, I don't like what she said because it's Amanda. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, and we both have that thing. I was going to say, I think you, know you have I mean? a similar, a similar <laughs> yeah. edge to you. Yes, yes, yes. So, Which is why but, we get along. And let me tell correct. you, the, I, my homegirl, well, she's a they. So my home they, they were like, you know, I fuck with funny acting black women. <laughs> because funny acting black women don't hold a tongue. They're not right. here for nonsense. They will not pretend to like things that they do not like. That they, do, that they don't, exactly. <laughs> they will mm-hmm. exit somewhere that they don't want to be. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and they won't even go if they don't want to be there. Yes. And... Not coming. That is... Um, what it's considered to be a funny acting black woman. And they were like, you know, and funny acting black women oftentimes get along with other funny acting black women. Funny acting black women. Because we all understand. that explains it. Mm -hmm. That explains it. Because Bonnie Chronicles, to me, was the next iteration of you using, like, this media platform. But now it's real in a real way because you're actually speaking, like, your own thoughts. Right. So where did Bonnie yes. Chronicles come from? Because the girls on the show were talking shit about me moving from show to show and job to job. And I was on vacation and I saw what they said. And so I turned the camera on myself and responded and it went viral. And then I said, well, if y'all like that, I got a lot of shit on my mind that I could just lay out for the peoples. And so that's what I did. And that's how it was born. <laughs> <laughs> I love just, that. Oh, all of it. Tell y'all how I feel about uh, Kim Kardashian talking about she started corn rolls. And then it just kind of grew from there. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just love the authenticity of how these things begin. I can relate mm-hmm. because people will be like, what made you start doing that? And it's like, I mean, I was just in the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something came to me and I said it and then y'all fucked with it. So I kept it going. Yeah, so I kept it pushing. I mean, do you, when you look at how reality TV has expanded now, right? Because now we have like, it's beyond just shows about like individual characters. It's become, now you have like makeover shows. You have these like whole entire, like, you know, Queer Eye and home home makeover. Well, we always had those, right? Like we had, I think that was kind of where, it went in the beginning, like mm-hmm. after real world, we kind of went to those, I call them strip shows, right? Where you can do 30, 40 of them at a yeah. time and just roll them on out. So it, it, we had that, that's where it went. And then somebody had the bright idea. Well, follow the real world format, but with adult women or adult men, you know what I mean? Or group, you know, uh, that is identifiable. Yeah. A theme. Exactly. Exactly. And so then, then it kind of transitioned from that. And I think now it's going back. I think now it's going back. I, I, you know, I think people are tired of the ensemble shows that really are all the same, except this one is a basketball wife. This one you said is married to a doctor, this one, but the shows are really all the same show. So I think people are craving something else. And scripted has come back, which, you know, I'm happy to see because I thought it was, you know, it was dying a slow death. <laughs> it really was. I mean, I think that reality had become the cash cow. Yep. Yes. So, and the reality was kind of this hybrid of scripted and you don't have to pay people scripted money. You don't have to pay people scripted money. Exactly. <laughs> but you can exactly. still get stories and conflict, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I 
I, I like I should have uh, stock in um, the film. Tijuana Jackson from Prison to Purpose. Uh, I should be an honorary producer because I promote it as if I was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, y'all, Robbie Malco's film Tijuana Jackson from Prison <laughs> to Purpose, co-starring Tammy Roman, is one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Thank of you. All he's, time. he's a genius. Yes, of all time. I will tell you, and I'm. I've been really thinking about this. It's the easy, it's the funniest movie I've seen since I can remember. Wow. He will love that. I told him this. Like we tried to get him on here. He just his schedule would be crazy, but like Yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I genuinely was trying to remember. I'm like, when is the last time I saw a movie that made me laugh out loud where every cast member was perfectly cast? Mm-hmm. He, where he did it. where yeah. the yeah. jokes either made you laugh or moved the story along. So if, exactly, exactly. They're not exactly. just like gratuitous, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Tammy mm-hmm. in the sh- in the movie plays Tijuana Jackson's sister. They have a contentious relationship. She has a brilliant son um, in the movie. And I just, I love this movie because it makes, it is the quintessential 90s black film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was done and in I think, 2020 and 2019. In 20, yeah, t- yeah. When did we do that? 2018, 2019. But I think that's what he was trying to do. But he he contacted me because, you know, Tijuana Jackson is his alter ego. Yes. And then he's a fan of Bonnet Chronicles, which is my alter ego. And so he's like, we've got to do something together where we can kind of like really play off of each other. And um, when he started writing, originally it was that character that I do on Bonnet Chronicles and then it transitioned to be more real and more grounded, you know, with, with uh, the character. But I was, I was just like, I'm there. Tijuana Jackson is the wittiest person on the planet. If it ain't ISIS, it ain't a crisis. (laughs) If it ain't ISIS, it ain't a crisis. It ain't a crisis. (laughs) (laughs) He's right. (laughs) He's right. Yes, 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 yes. You know, we gotta so have it was just really good. It was it was really it was a good time to be able to work with him and I be... literally own it. Like I bought it Do on you, iTunes. You bought it? Yes. Wow. Because I was like, I, I'm so happy to be able to buy a movie by people I like mm-hmm. that I actually love and I've watched it several times. I'm telling you, I, I talk about that. this movie in every room I'm in. I'm like, y'all don't know about Jackson for Business Apartments. <laughs> Y'all need to get into Tijuana Jackson for business purpose. <laughs> I'm curious to know what you would think of the Miss Pat show, though. I, I want you to this weekend, if you I'll can. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Get, you know, few in. I will say the language. I mean, language doesn't mean anything to me. It is a sit- okay. it is a multicam sitcom, which isn't necessarily right, which isn't necessarily like my favorite genre. Right, but in terms right, of the right. writing, I'm curious because I saw the one clip where she closed her son's door with her son. With uh, the son, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me think of my mom. I don't know about anybody else, but <laughs> I've been so there. I was like, oh, okay, this is a different kind of show. But again, like yeah. you said, scripted, you know, finally is coming back. And I feel like yeah. it, from what I understand of that show, it's almost as if like the realness that we wanted from reality TV is now finding its way into scripted. So we're getting real characters 
from real lives. Like, I'm in the process of my show, Amanda Seals is Difficult, of selling that show. And it is based mm-hmm. on my real life as being labeled allegedly 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 labeled (laughs) difficult and you know the premise is every episode i'm talking to my therapist about some shit that went down and she's basically like telling me where i went left and where i was all right oh i love it and so while you're in with the therapist we see like reenactment of that oh i love that i love it strong (laughs) day thank you thank you love it So tell me, like, do you feel like since scripted is coming back, did, is that like the end of reality TV? I would like for reality TV to just go in a different direction. I feel like the ensembles of it all aren't really offering worlds that we haven't seen. They aren't offering any story that we haven't seen. What are some worlds you would like to see? If you're going to do five women... You know, for me, what about women who are in oil and gas, you know, like who are really doing it big, some black Nigerian women who, you know, own, you know, companies and deal directly with oil and gas. What about black cowgirls? You know, Hmm. I mean, we haven't seen stuff like that. Like, give me a world that has not been on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That that opens. What about... And I and I know some worlds we're never going to see, right? Because it's 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 too um, it, reality TV gets too deep, and sometimes it can cause problems, like okay. how they had tried to have the black lawyers, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like they're on TV arguing, and now when it's time to go into the courtroom, nobody oh, respects keep... what they what they you uh... know what they really are about and their degrees and all of that stuff. So there's some worlds where like it's just not going to work. We're not going to see black politicians. No, you know we're not going to you know we're not going to see that. So then you got to level it down. And so, well, what's next? We've seen the realtors. We've seen all that shit. We don't know what it takes to buy and sell a house. We don't need to see that no more. So really trying to find, you know, those different moments in time that we as Black people are like, well, damn, I didn't even know that existed. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I found out that because like I feel like there are jobs that I didn't know existed that, you know, they'll do like the worst, the messiest jobs, but there's jobs Job, that I yeah. know black people don't know exist. Like I didn't know that treasure hunting, like that's a job. A, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know it was a job. I didn't know it was a job. I found this it's out not a job that I would head, do. Well, the head of marketing <laughs> for Noah, which is like the, um, no, I forgot what the acronym stands for, but basically they are the a national agency. Like, you know, you have the agencies that, the national agencies that deal with the uh, national parks, like Yosemite, et cetera, Mm -hmm. they deal with the water national parks. So the marine national parks, the oceans. Okay. And he was like, yeah, there's all these jobs in marine, in the marine field that black people just don't even know exist. Like, I feel like our people would really enjoy. Enjoy seeing some other stuff. I just want to see some other stuff. Just some other stuff. Even if they went back to the days, like, uh, I forget the name of the reality show, but it was like these young kids. um, Man, why does the name go out of my head? But anyway, like something that shows not necessarily like the dynamic of the ensemble interacting, 
but each vignette or each person's story is independent that makes a collective like I that. love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would love to see people actually going through the transition. What does that really look like? What is that? What, even if it's more from a socially conscious standpoint yes. versus like the exploitation, like you were saying of like, oh, we arguing because we're all, you know, transgender and now we got to be tussling because I'm fine. You know, like we don't want that. Right. right? You understand what I'm saying? Like so the like, True Life series. The, like the tr- True Life series. That's what it was called. Yeah. That's what And they would called. do like True Life. I'm a porn addict. True life. I'm a gamer. Yeah. Get back I'm, yeah. to that. Now that reality TV, I like the strip shows like catfish and stuff like that. I like that type of stuff. You know, I'm all into it. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I am, I really am. <laughs> I just... Love after lockup, baby. I'm in <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about those shows? She said, baby, I'm here for it. What do you like about those shows? Winner. Because I just found it so intriguing that people actually sit and write these men who are incarcerated and then want to marry them. I was like, it cannot be that much of a man shortage that this is the one you want, the one who's been locked up for murder for 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, really? You know, so that was just very interesting to me. I think there kind of is, though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it's it's the mindset of, like, I know this nigga ain't cheating on me. (laughs) Yeah, because he's in jail. But then that's the the beauty of this show is when he gets out, he's just like one you could have got from Popeye's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you something. So I got, I would get letters when I was at the real. I would get letters from jail, and um, you know they were always like very kind. Like it was always like you know we we mm-hmm. watch, we watch yeah. you in the morning. Uh, you yeah. know keep talking your shit. We see you. It was never sideways. I got a letter to my house at my previous address. I got a letter to my house, and I had opened it, and I hadn't even. I hadn't even read anything. And my man walked by and goes, that's a jail letter. <laughs> and I was like, wow. how could you tell that's a jail letter? He's like, by the handwriting. I'm like, because it was like, he was like, that nigga wrote that like he didn't have time. Like, <laughs> like they're about to take the pen. Like, you only got this we pen for 30 minutes. had all the time in the world. We had all the time in the world. You only got this pen for 30 minutes, nigga. And then we got to take this shit because you're going to stab somebody with it. Like, I mean, <laughs> and so the letter was basically asking me to write his memoir. Um... Mm. And I mean, I'm like, I don't, you know, like this is, I'm already creeped out because you done sent me a letter to my house. So then fast forward like a month later, 7 a.m. I get a phone call. Oh, girl. (laughs) What? Hey, Amanda, what's up? Who is this? This is so-and-so. I wrote you a letter about you writing my book. Tamitha Rosen. When I tell you, I lost my shit in that Jeep that day. Yes. Nigga, why the fuck are you calling my goddamn phone? (laughs) And how did you get my number? I need to know that. So I hang up. I call my man. He think everything is a joke. I'm like, this nigga just got my phone. He's like, well, if he come up here, I'm going to punch him in his face. I'm like, this is not helpful to me. I get off the phone. He's like, text me his number. So in the middle of me texting his number, the nigga called me again. 
He's like, Amanda. I'm like, okay, you know what? You're freaking me out. You yeah, already yeah. sent a letter to my home address. Now you calling me. This is very disconcerting. And yeah. I am very uncomfortable. And the whole time I'm talking, he's like, wow. Wow. Like, like he can't understand yeah. why you bothered. I'm just acting out of character, Tammy. I'm just like, damn, I thought we was cool. That's how his energy was. So then my dude calls him and is like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, man, I just right. wanted to call Amanda, you know, talk to her about this. I didn't know she was going to freak out like that. And he was like, why would she not freak out? Like, out. Yeah. you can't yeah. reach out to people yeah. in this fashion. Like, this is just not going to cut it. And dude was like. I mean, I just didn't think that she was... I was trying to explain to her, but she just kept cursing me out. <laughs> <laughs> what you thought you was going to get? And you he know? was just, like, trying to explain to him, like, this is not the manner in which you go about this. And right. so then dude was like, you know, I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, thank you for explaining it to me. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I appreciate you, bro. And then proceeded to call me again a month later. And he always Girl, called me at 7 a.m. I have to change my number so I So at that point, well, he called from a different number. And... I just, it was, it was too real for me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but the reason I brought that up though is because like he saw me on TV and it just felt like we have a real relationship. Real relationship. And you know, that is scary. Like I know you're able to joke about it now because you know. Um, I'm joking about it because we on a show right now, but it really does yeah. bother me. Yeah, it, that's that's freaky. That's scary. And I know you heard about Mercedes Moore. That's kind of oh like that gosh. same situation where someone just feels like they know you. So I didn't takes a hear liking to you. The all I, I I heard about her unfortunate, you know, passing. But I didn't hear that if any other details had been revealed. Like I didn't know if the person was a stranger or was a. They they were they were a stalker that was. Um, just enamored with her that followed her to her house and had been trying to, you know, talk to her, get her attention, date her. And she, of course she wasn't interested. It's like, no, but when you are a single woman and you live in certain type of areas that don't have security, you know, or aren't as secure as they need to be when you're a single woman, he was able to access her. And so like that, it, it's real. Like I know, here again, we're able to joke about it, but like no, I had a people stalker. are really out here. I had yeah. a legit stalker who came to one oh of my, my events. God. I had a I legit stalker imagine. when I lived in when I lived in New York. I had a stalker who would send me at least ninety five emails before nine thirty a.m. and the emails oh would God. be um, he. It started with him sending me an email saying that he's a fan, and then mm -hmm. he was following me on Twitter and he tweeted me, and my mom was his Twitter photo. So that was when shit got, that was when I was like, okay, this is creepy. And then when he would email right. me, he had made like his email, like he had like an icon with his email and it was my mom's picture. And he would email and me and he would say all types of crazy sexual shit. Then he would email me pictures of dead celebrities. Like that was his MO those, between those two. And this went on for months and I went to the police about it, but they were like, he hasn't threatened you. So there's nothing we can do. And then one and day, why is that? Like, this is, this is, this is threatening me. This is These 95 well, emails are threatening me. It's, it's harassment. Yes. And there's nothing. They're like, yeah, we don't have anything. And then finally he threatened me. And one day he sent me an email and was like, if you don't let me eat your pussy, I'm gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. And so then 
I was able. <laughs> and you know, when you tell people things like this, they're like, oh, you made it. You got a stalker. And it's like, yeah, ha, no. ha, funny, funny. Not really. Because you no. can't play with people's crazy. You can't play with people's crazy. Correct. Which is why I have Correct. a gun. I went and got my gun license. I went and <laughs> learned too. how to fire a nine millimeter. I, Me too. You know, and my boyfriend at and the time. And my aim is immaculate. Ma'am, I'm hitting the bullseye. <laughs> the bullseye. Okay. Yes. And by the way, my trainer said that, uh, my instructor, he said that women are a better shot because we have less ego about it. Mm. So okay. we're not putting the muscle and all of this in it. Yeah. We get calm and we focus and, and we, we nail that shit. When I hit that bullseye, he was like, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yes. Yes. But I just, I mean, the only reason he ended up getting caught was because my boyfriend at the time took my phone. and Well, I had showed him an email he sent me. And when he, when I showed it to him, he responded to him. And I didn't know this. Oh, and he responded okay. to him and was and told him where I was going to be the next day. I did not know this. So I'm at wow. the event. My boyfriend at the time is there. I'm at the event. Dude, like, it's a fashion week event. So everybody right. is very giving. Yes, They're yes, giving, yes. you know. But this mm-hmm. person who wasn't giving came up to the DJ table because I was DJing. And he had, like, a scarf on and sweatpants. Like, he just looked... Like he didn't fit yeah, in with place. the ambiance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he asked, he introduced himself and shook my hand. And I was just like, okay. So when he walked away, I looked at my ex and I was just like, yo, who is that? Mm-hmm. And he already knew what was that. So he took him, he like took him in the stairwell. And as the story goes, he was like, I'd kick your ass, but I'm on probation. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> in lieu of that. Which, which is why... Love after lockup is so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And so in lieu of that, he got his his driver's license info, called the cops. The cops came. I had had an order of restraint. I mean, an order of, um, not a restraining order. It's it's the one before it. Because to get a restraining order, someone has to have actually hurt you, by the way. So. These these rules, and it's like, I... I have to uh, wait. I, I have to actually it. have been attacked, attacked in order to protect myself from being attacked again. So, um, so basically, the cops came and were like, "Oh, we can't do anything." And then when they left the next day, we went to the precinct that was by my house and told them, and they were mm-hmm. like, "They were supposed to arrest him. They didn't because they didn't want to do paperwork." Wow. And they ended up going to arrest him. And when they arrested him, they said that he was living with his mother and that when they were walking him out, his mom was like, what's going on, James? What's going on? Because the person's name was James. And he was like, oh, mm-hmm. mom, it's just Amanda. You know how she is. Ah! Now you know how she is. Like, y'all, it's tight. <laughs> like, you don't put him in a trick bag because that's how you do. Because <laughs> that's how I do. <laughs> you know how she oh, do. Wow. She ain't crazy. She loves mm-hmm. you. Though. You know she loves me. <laughs> And it was wild. Mm-hmm. I had to talk to a DA. Like, it was, you know, and then he was put in a psych ward and he was in there for eight months. They never did an evaluation and then they had to release him. And so I got like an email that said, yeah, I got a phone call that said like, you know, we've had to email, we've had to release him. And so he's going to be back on the streets. And then he started emailing me again and then it just fell off and I haven't heard from him ever since. But that was a well, scary fucking time. And also, yeah, I don't like, play those games. Na- that was also New York. Where it's a lot, you're a lot more easily accessible because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you're not ever really behind 
any closed, like you're just, right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like you're traversing yeah. everywhere through public transportation, everywhere. you're in mm-hmm, the street, mm-hmm, you know? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't a real like VIP kind of scenario, but I say all that to say that, you know, uh, so sending love to uh, Mercedes Moore's family and, you know, her yes. fans, it really, yes. we live in such a blurred line of a world at this point now. And I do feel like the reality TV of things, if you don't have like someone helping you provide context or if you are not that type of person, it can really be person. a mindfuck. And mm-hmm. people and and mm-hmm. these Instagram is now I get afraid all the time of just like, OK, you've overshared on Instagram. You know, you've just you're too accessible, Amanda. You have to stop. And, and that is the truth. I mean, I, I do feel like people, once you share what you think is just, you know, regular moments that are important, you know, like it's not that big of a deal. But once you've done that enough, people feel like they're entitled to know like every single thing you've got going on. If they don't know, then it's like, you know what I mean? Then well, that's if they don't know the that it problem. doesn't exist. Right. If they didn't see you say it and if they didn't hear you, you know, then it never happened. Right, Um, right, right. So I just feel like the reality TV of things has expanded beyond that to social media. To social media. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. I I definitely agree with that. And that's why I think you do it so well, because I've even seen you like you'll have moments where it's like, okay, here's a photo dump. I'm going to let y'all in on this and then I'm going to take this down and then I'm going to go back to what I normally do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've even seen you do that. And I do the same thing. Like I, it's, it's promotion or it's a photo. It's not about my relationship. It's not where I live. It's not any of that stuff that, you know, is so valuable to me because people don't know how to handle that. So now that you feel like you have saved yourself, you have crossed over. Do you feel like the work you're doing has also aided in that because I feel like you're doing different work than you were doing during your reality TV times. I think I'm doing the work that I should have been doing had that show not gotten canceled. Right. Mm. I would have never gone back to reality TV. So I just feel like I went this long road around, (laughs) you know, the cul-de-sac and back out to where I was supposed to be going anyway, you know? So I'm just thankful that I was able to transition back, you know, that I'm talented enough. I was going to say, does it feel good to see people getting to know you for your talent versus for like these stories? Yes, absolutely. And it's been hard to get people to follow me, you know, like, come on over to this side, guys, because you're not going to know no more of my business. <laughs> you know, like, we're not doing that anymore. Let's get into the craft and what I really love doing. But n- now I feel people understand, you know, and, and, and they're on the journey with me. So I'm happy about it. Yeah, I'm definitely happy about it. I'm happy about it too, Tammy Roman. <laughs> and let me tell you, you know... These reality shows, they also, they just paint such a myopic, like such a small reductive picture of people's personalities. Mm-hmm. You Correct. Know, before I met you, the stigma was that you were this, that, and the third, and da 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 And I had mm-hmm. gotten kind of caught up in that, and I had to check my own self and be like, you do not know any <laughs> of these people. 
Like, not a single nan one, right. you know? Right. I remember right. Right. when I met um, K. Michelle. Mm -hmm. And I was at Hip Hop Squares, and it was like Erica Mena, K. Michelle, uh, B. Simone. Um, oh, you with all the girls. All the girls. Pretty, pretty <laughs> V. And I was kind of like by myself. And I mm -hmm. remember like telling my homegirl, like, damn, like, I just feel like I'm an outsider. <laughs> like, I feel like mm -hmm. they looking at because they were not talking to me, Tammy. Like, they were. Well, very they weren't talking to you probably because they were intimidated to have a conference. Hang But I. <laughs> But the, the flat-tested 11-year-old no flat was like, they don't want to eat lunch with me. And I'm back eating lunch in the library by myself. And this right. feels really whack. And so then they had like, to, they like set us up for a particular shot. And they had set me next mm -hmm. to B, B. Simone and K. Michelle. And B. Simone was like... And B's amazing, by the way. Yeah, she so is. I'm done, sure she was very welcoming. She's done Smart, Funny, and Black before. Mm -hmm. And so she turned to me and was like, Girl, I just want you to know that I'm in love with you, okay? I love yeah. everything you do. And, you know, I was, I was like, I, I wasn't going to say nothing because I didn't know what to say. Yeah. But now I know what to say because I'm just right here with you. And then Pretty V was like, I'm just yeah. saying something because I'm in love with you. I was going to say, and then came V. And then came Michelle turned and was like, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? I was like, I feel like the ratchets do not fuck with me. And she was like, well, no, a, she we was fuck like, I'm a ratchet and That's... I fuck with you. So I don't know who the fuck they are. Listen, we met at Essence. Mm -hmm. And remember how excited I was when you were standing out front <laughs> of the whole I, I felt I like, so loved. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, If I had grown up in a different neighborhood, I would have been thumping with everybody. Like, because my personality <laughs> is that. Like, I know that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like those are the sisters that I really do gravitate towards. Like, Lauren London right. and I met, and within one second, we were like, oh, kinship. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, that was like a real, like, surprise moment for me. And also, I remember when I met, um, even when I met Jennifer. Like, Jennifer, uh -huh. you know, she was very quiet, 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 and... Yeah. Now, she's not my favorite person, so we don't got to elaborate on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't care how it went when you met her. <laughs> I don't know her well enough to stick up for her in this situation, <laughs> so... And right. then, and the other... Right. The other woman who is on that show. <laughs> who I probably care even less about than I do about Jennifer. Okay. So we'll bet, you know, and so we don't even have to address um, because this is your interview. And I am here <laughs> simply to be a vessel. So <laughs> I'm a vessel. Like me either. You know, people will listen to this and act like I'm being shady. They don't like me either. It's no love lost. We're just two people who cannot and will not. And can I you, just you say, that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. okay. Y'all don't have to like exactly. each other. You know how hard it is to exactly. like anybody? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, 
including yourself sometimes, you know, so it's like, let me just work on me. me. (laughs) For real. Because that really is like a thing that I think people, it's a pressure people put on everybody. Like you gotta, these people gotta like you Mm -hmm. and you gotta like them and all of this. And I'm just like, I don't know why we are in. I'm going to take this last, (laughs) y'all. I was lashes under glasses. Yeah, lashes under glasses is tough. But I do. <laughs> I, I. It's. It's like it's okay to 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 have to work with people that you don't you like. don't get along with that or like. Yeah, people do it in corporate America all the time. I don't know why they act like with other outlets and venues that that can't be the process. We can coexist. I can get my check. You can get your check. And then never the two shall meet outside of the workplace. It happens all the time. Never the two shall meet outside (laughs) of the workplace. workplace. And it's fine. And I think that the reality TV of things makes people think that there has to be like this fairy tale type of ending to things Mm -hmm. or, you know, that because that's also TV, right? Like, look, here was a... The Hollywood ending, mm-hmm. yeah. Here was a conflict mm-hmm. and da Like, everything is copacetic. And it's like, that's just not the way, like, life really actually works. So, Correct. you know, we can, we can be honest. I mean, when I was doing The Real and they had, they would have people come on the show that were from reality, but that are mm-hmm. still, like, living in the story of the show, even when they're not on the show. On the show. <laughs> and that was the shit that I couldn't, go along with and you were very vocal about it i wasn't i was actually silent but my face was very loud yeah your face was loud my face was very loud on the end of that couch because i didn't sign up for this i mean i just right i'm just like can i sit this one out can i sit this out because this isn't and also it's like it's not even it's not even shade to them as much as it's just like, this just really isn't my bag, you know? You're, yeah, what you do. This isn't my bag. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, what, or, or what you're interested in. I'm not interested in it. And I, I just think that it's a waste of energy. Like, it's one thing if they're doing that on the show, but now you coming over to this show to carry it over to this show. That's weird to me. I'd rather just talk to yeah, Ed Gordon I agree. about what's going on in Detroit. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Speaking of which, Tammy, where are you originally from? White Plains, New York. I went to Purchase. What? I went to Purchase College. Oh, my God. My neck of the woods. My neck of the woods. (laughs) Yes, I am a White Plains girl. Yes, God. Yes, God. That's why it's right here. But, yeah, I went to Purchase. I know all about that train to White Plains. Let me find out you're from Ferris Ave. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm from Brian Crescent, which is the other side of town. But okay. I, I was over on Ferris Ave quite often. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> um, I worked in the P.F. Chang's in the White Plains Mall. No, in the Galleria Mall. Uh, no. Uh-huh. Which one? Yeah, the Galleria is the fancy one, right? Yes. So I worked in the P.F. Chang's in the Galleria Mall. I worked at the Gap. I actually still wow. have my gap button right here uh, my gap pin I worked in the gap in the White Plains Mall I was a greeter I don't know why the fuck they would make me a greeter I don't want to say hello to anybody <laughs> and I remember they would always have me next to this one chick who would always be like hello welcome to the gap hi so, yeah exactly <laughs> like you're just making me look really crazy yeah. right here because I'm like what's up yeah. welcome it's, the jeans it's too are, happy in the morning the denim is mm-hmm. over there if you want jeans we got a lot of that so 
Right. Watch your kid. But, <laughs> but Tammy, it's so great to finally have you on the pod. We've been talking about doing, yes. you know, having you on the podcast for quite yes. some time. Yes. Thank you for if, having if me. If you ever do a Bonnet Chronicles live, IG live, please let me know so I can come on. And, yes, um, I would love that. And I just, I just, again, I, I really did feel so much joy at your joy at meeting me. I was like, ah. I <laughs> was so excited. I have a whole hashtag. All things Amanda. <laughs> and I only did that for one other person, all things MJB, who I absolutely love, Mary J. Blige. And I love you that much that I did all things Amanda, but I will not be sending letters to your home and I will not be calling you. Namaste. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate well, your candor. not be stalking you. No. Nope. But I do love you that much. I appreciate your candor. Um, I want you to ask yourself why why bothers you so much. Oh, okay. That is my that is my unsolicited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and one day, and you're gonna ask yourself that, and then one day you're gonna be like, oh, bitch. That's why. I, I'm telling you. I always find the why. I always find it. I just don't like people to ask me. But that's the question. I that's feel like the they're judging question, though. That's what I gotta figure out. Why it bothers me. Why you think they're judging With you, and then why me. it bothers you, even if they are. Cause fuck them. If they are. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's not a fuck them, right? Depending on who it is. Always a fuck them. Hmm. That's the T. It's always a fuck them. Because anyone that's judging you, even if it's your mom, it's like, well, fuck you for judging me. What the hell is this about? That's not okay. You don't have to use those words, but it's still a, right. don't be fucking judging me. I don't even know about your whole life before me. So don't even, I don't know what you was doing. Yeah. But ultimately, yeah, people judging you is always a fuck them because there's no value in that. Unless they're giving you some type of tools for your great, for your wellness, for your excellence, unless, or for mm -hmm. your healing. Right. I mean. Then I got to get to a fuck them. Yeah, even Jesus is like, you know, I had a lot of, I have I had a lot going on. We we missed the whole 30 <laughs> years with Jesus, okay? He had a lot going on, I'm sure. <laughs> there was a lot that had to happen between the manger and the water and the wine. And the wine. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm not going through it with you. So I feel like that's I'm why not. he's like, I can take yeah, cuz I I know. So let me it's I receive y'all cuz I get it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. But if you've come across someone yes, that is wanna, in the Houston area. Well, I have someone that will do virtual that I think could be okay. very helpful. Well, that I okay. think that I think helpful is not the right word, but I think that could be your fit. Okay. 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 And Send I'll tell you info. why, because when I've had, I've had conversations with her where she, what I like about her is she's giving me therapist, but then she's also giving me sister girl. And I like that. That's what I need. That's what I need. Cause don't, I don't, I don't even want therapists. Give me all sister girls so that I can understand mm -hmm. it and comprehend it. And like, just relate. I've told her about some wild like shit. Like how and my she's mama like, would give me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, like the way she would worry something is like, now let me tell you, you ain't crazy for feeling like that was fucked up. Cause that was fucked up. Yeah. I need her. Now let's talk about how we D deal with it in a healthy fashion so that it's not going to continue to fuck you up. Continue to fuck you up. I need her. That's who I want. Okay. I'll send you her info. Yes. I will send you her info. Uh, but you have a beautiful uh, time. I mean, I don't know. How is that? How are you doing in Houston? 
Are you in Houston? Uh, I'm in Houston now. I, I'm having a great time because I have a few days off with my husband. So, you know, we're having a lot of sex. We're getting it all in before okay. I go back to work. Okay. Eating good food. You know, just chilling for a little bit. All right. Because yeah. I know the city is like packed right now with Louisiana. Yes. Everybody's, you know, they always come to Houston when there's some All my people from New Orleans there. came to Houston. They mm-hmm. all there. Mm-hmm. So I know he, I was supposed to be doing some shows in Houston. I had to cancel them because y'all don't want to play. You y'all had don't to cancel be safe. Them. Y'all don't want to be safe with the COVIDs. Um, and so I was mm-hmm. like, I got to wait. I, I, got, I got to wait. I got <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, you, you have to be fully vaccinated, right? For your to shows. To come to my shows. I'm just a very, I'm just like, I don't want the shit. Mm-hmm. Me don't. either. And I've been <laughs> safe not for Knock, knock all the wood. And some people you know, are very not. Some I, people are very like, I don't, you know, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. You know, some people yeah, are no, less. that's not me. They're less squeamish. They're, I feel like they're more confident in their immune system than I am. Um, and so I, kudos to those people. Uh, but yeah. for myself and also for my audience and also just knowing that, like, it's not really an American practice to be, like, a good eater and taking care of your health. Like, that's not really, like, a part of our culture in the way that it is in other places. So I just think for, for where we are right now and the safety of my audience, that was, like, the the best precaution I could make. Yeah, um, yeah. I have been called a false prophet because of it. I have been told that I'm fake woke, that I don't support black people, that I don't love black people, that I am a fake, a phony, that I'm being paid by the man, all the above. Uh, None of those things are true. I actually... (laughs) (laughs) I actually love uh, my people, which is why I know that this was the best effort Mm -hmm. I could make for us. So, anywho, I will be in Houston at some point. And when I'm there, hopefully you will be there so you can come. Yes. The last dose. So, thank you for joining us. And you know what? We didn't do the script. Uh, which is where we give y'all some uh, additional materials to go along with our conversation. But while we were doing the show, I remembered there is a real, there is a scripted show called, I think it's called Unreal. Yes, which is about the reality world. With the it's about reality show. show. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's like a really good watch because they do not mince words on there, and they are very like to the point. And it was produced by a producer that worked on The Bachelor. On on The Bachelor, okay. I want to throw the hills out there too because ah! there's been a lot of scuttlebutt. <laughs> that uh, that show was actually, you know, a scripted reality show. Like that those moments and those stories weren't actually real. Well, if they were real or not, I am Team LC forever. And <laughs> you sound like my daughter. <laughs> I, I really, you know, I really was happy that Whitney got to go to Paris, and I and I agreed with uh, Team Vogue that you know Lauren will always be known as the girl who didn't go to Paris, and it wasn't. I mean, Jason just wasn't worth it. <laughs> He just wasn't worth it. Staring at the this is a mess. You this is a mess. Open up the dirty window. Finish your innovation, Girl, bye, Amanda. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.